everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint, your host, and this is kind of a replacement show. My daughter and I did a show last evening or a couple of nights back, and uh, the wrong show aired yesterday. My apologies. I sent Ken the wrong show. So this is kind of a, a replacement show, and it kind of kind of ties in with what my daughter and I were discussing Tuesday night. We're going to talk about school boards, and I'm sure most of you have heard about the uh, the letter put out by our esteemed AG, Merrick Garland, and uh, he's trying to discourage parents uh, around the country from speaking out uh, passionately about what's going on at local school boards. These school boards, most of them are run by Democrats because Democrats, like well, they like to run things, but especially education. Education attracts Democrats because it's, it's government, basically, and they love government control, centralized control. So that's why most of the school boards around the country are not all, but I mean, most of them are dominated by Democrats. We were, our school board here in Cambridge was until fairly recently. As you know, we've talked about that uh, on a number of occasions. But Garland's letter or memorandum, whatever it was a couple of weeks back, basically instructing the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, to keep an eye on local school board meetings because some of these meetings have gotten out of control. Uh, understandably, I mean, the, you know, the, the government's job is to try to protect people's lives as best they can. At least that's what they say in their mission statement. But I mean, some of these school boards are getting away. With, they have been getting away with murder. And you know something? The party's over. Parents are waking up to this, this business, you know, this teaching of uh, critical race theory, which is Marxist to the core, and equity training. What is that? Equity is another word for discrimination. It means racial spoils. It means getting, uh, getting away from individuality and, and, and merit. And white students are on the, uh, are on the receiving end of this. You know, and it's, uh, parents are tired of it, and we have to pay for it. So a lot of parents are speaking out. I spoke out at my uh, school board meeting this week. I wasn't. I spoke very briefly. And I tried to maintain my composure because you know it, I, I get so angry at what's going on here in our local district with this mascot, the Cambridge Indian mascot. I won't go down that road. We've talked about it. We'll we'll save it for another show. But I mean, parents are beginning to speak out, and a lot of this began. If you remember back in I don't know when this happened, but the the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer was allegedly, there was a, a big kidnapping plot. And this happened, I think it was May of 2020. And according to BuzzFeed News, some of the 12 FBI informants involved had a hand in nearly every aspect of this alleged plot, starting with its inception. In other words, they, they, cooked, they cooked this whole thing up, the FBI. It was all, it was staged. And the extent of their involvement raises questions as to whether they're would have even been a conspiracy without them. That's according to a left-leaning news organization. I'm getting this from American Action News, which is right-leaning. I mean, I think the FBI, I think the FBI was at our school board meeting the other night. I can't prove it. There were some people there, and it's a small town. I didn't recognize these folks. They could have been, somebody told me there were, uh, there were attorneys for both sides of this mascot issue. They could have been attorneys, but they could have been FBI agents. Who knows? I mean, the, uh, the, I'm reading here in this American Action News piece, the head of the Detroit office for the FBI was promoted after the Whitmer incident to the Washington, D.C. office to oversee the investigation of the January 6th protest and riot in the U.S. Capitol. The FBI was involved in that as well. The FBI, somebody put on, 
don't know, I think it was Facebook or Instagram. We need to refund the police, our local police, and we need to defund the FBI because the FBI is a dangerous organization. I mean, Merrick Garland's letter and the National School Boards Association, they, they're, they're partnering. And they're on one side of this whole debate over masks and uh, vaccines and this anti-white critical race theory indoctrination and all this hypersexual literature that kids have now have access to. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to get sidetracked here. I got very little time. I want to just touch on the, uh, the school boards and what's going on, the FBI. And I th- it's unprecedented what's happening here. I think the government is trying to intimidate people into not speaking out. And it's not going to work. I'm going to continue to speak out. People in our village and town will continue to speak out. I know there are a couple of members on the school board who would love to see the FBI uh, take people away in cuffs. As a matter of fact, one of the local police officers had to escort somebody out because one of the uh, audience members would not put on a mask. And I took off my mask when I spoke and when I addressed the Board of Education. I can't speak with those. You can't understand anybody. Anyway, I want to get back to this uh, whole debacle going on. And we get this every year in Washington with budget battles. And now it's the uh, this multi-trillion dollar uh, Green New Deal. But let's focus on not the Green New Deal, because I think that for all intents and purposes is dead, at least right now. Biden's Build Back Better, whatever that is. You, you want to see Build Back Better in action? Go to your local supermarket. You see the empty store shelves? That's Biden's Build Back Better. That's where it's getting us. The real problem is what's in this bill. Now, I'm looking at a piece here from Betsy McCoy, and she writes for, I think, Town Hall Magazine, also for the New York Post. It's what's in this bill. This bill coerces, and Democrats love to coerce, use government power to make people do things against their will. They love to compel. They want to coerce workers into joining unions. The bill imposes racial preferences on every facet of life and redistributes money from the workers, the people who make the money, to the people who spend the money, from the makers to the takers, basically. Now, the bill's in limbo. Moderate Democrats, I think there are a couple left. Joe Manchin from West Virginia wants it pared down to like a trillion and a half dollars. I think it's like three and a half trillion right now. And the communists in the in the party, the Democrat Party, the AOC wing, they want six trillion. But this is what Betsy McCoy Ross writes about it. It's first generation down payment assistance. Most people work. I had to work for years. I saved my money. I worked for the Saratoga uh, harness track for years. I Went to night night school to get my college degree, but I saved and scrimped. I had two or three jobs at times, and I saved up. I paid for our, a good part of our wedding, and I saved, and I put 20% down on our home. That's what most people do. You scrimp and save you, for years to buy a home. This bill, this Build Back Better bill, <laughs> makes the people who did that into to suckers. It caters to low-income people, first-time home buyers with no conditions attached. It's part of Biden's scheme to bring the city to the suburbs. He wants to increase racial and economic diversity in the suburbs. First-time homebuyers can get up to $25,000 and never, ever have to pay it back. Whether they stay in the home or move for virtually any personal or financial reasons. It's free money, basically, if you don't have to pay it back. It's not like I took out a loan. You know, I put down 20000 I took out the loan for the rest to the bank, and the bank owns the house until I make the last payment. Not these people. They get $25,000, and they get it free, as long as you're not the taxpayer footing the bill. 
According to this uh, piece from Betsy McCoy, home efficiency rebates offers up to $14,000 to homeowners who lower energy use by installing new heat pumps, air conditioning systems, insulation, and energy-efficient air uh, appliances. It sounds good. It's a pot of gold for homeowners who qualify and will bring tens of billions of dollars in new business for contractors. Not all contractors. There's a little catch here. Only unionized electrical contractors will qualify. This bill is about twisting arms and getting people to unionize. They want the entire workforce unionized. Now, I guess less than one in six workers today are, are, are members of a union. But this is but why they want to unionize the entire workforce. Unions bankroll the Democratic Party. You see how it works? Racial and ethnic minorities also get preferential treatment. Not all ethnic minorities, mind you. The Irish don't get any special treatment. The bill promises contractors a $200 bonus for each customer served from a community of racial or minority ethnic concentration. Now, what does a bill like that do? It doesn't bring people together. It causes more animosity and more resentment between and among the races, in my view. Whites have to go to the back of the line here on this. How about direct care workforce? This bill awards almost a billion and a half dollars to labor unions and community organizations, so-called, to recruit and train workers to care for the elderly or disabled at home. Sounds good. But it's your tax dollars at work creating a new army of likely Democratic voters, as Betsy McCoy put it. And that's what really what's going on here. Now, Pelosi, for her part, Comrade Pelosi says this Build Back Better is about the children. It's always about the children. New York Times communist, excuse me, columnist Paul Krugman, there's a Krugman, I forget. He, re he repeats the same, you know, claim. He says the bill's about securing the future for children. This is how these Marxists operate. They use children to achieve their Marxist aims. Because who's against children? Nobody's against children. Well, the Democrats are against children if the children are in the womb. If they're unborn, then the Democrats are against them. But in, in truth, this bill does nothing to help our children or our future children or grandchildren. It's going to put tens of billions, hundreds probably, of billions of dollars. It's going to add that to the federal debt. That's going to force our children and their children to pay the interest and the principal on what we've borrowed. Does that sound like it's helping children? People fall for this stuff. This, uh, it's unbelievable. Also, uh, this so-called emergency spending bill, it includes $6.3 billion for Afghanis. That's tucked in there somewhere. This stuff goes on and nobody, you never hear about it on CNN or ABC or CBS. I watched, I watched CBS this morning. I didn't hear, hide nor hear about any of this. And I'm almost out of time again. Before, before we go, I mean, I'm sure you've, if you've gone shopping as I do, I've got four, four kids, a wife and four kids. And it's, it seems like gas prices go up here in upstate New York, three, four cents every day. It's up to 340 a gallon. And uh, store shelves, a lot of these shelves are bare. We know that there's a, there's an issue with the trucking industry and, you know, this port out in California, which is uh, having some issues. And some of these uh, shortages could last until summer of next year, next summer. Consumer prices have surged higher than they've been, been for 13 years, 5.4% in September. On a month-over-month -month basis, the consumer price index, I'm not going to bore you with a lot of numbers, rose by 0.4%, and everything's up. Energy prices up almost 25% over the past 12 months. All the major energy component indexes spiking. Gasoline, as I mentioned, up 42%. 
When Trump was in office, it was $1.87 for a regular, a gallon of regular unleaded. $1.87, it's up to $3.40, almost double. Natural gas, up by 20.6%. Electricity, 5.2%. Food is one of the uh, other primary drivers of rising prices. Highest level since December 2011, when Obama was in there. The food at home index increased by 4.5%. All the six major grocery store food groups, all those indexes, especially for meats and eggs and fish, poultry, unbelievable. So if you've gone shopping lately, you've noticed the empty store shelves. That's Biden's Build Back Better. I wish I had more time. I got to catch a ball game. Uh, speaking, and I think the last time I talked about Major League Baseball, the Yankees were ahead by two games with five games left to play. The Yankees and the Red Sox each had five games. So the Yankees went into a slump at the end of the season. They finished in a tie with Boston. They had a one-game playoff, and of course, Boston won. So Boston is playing uh, Houston, game one of their series tonight. The Dodgers, they eliminated San Francisco. What a series that was last night by a score of 2-1. to one. And uh, I love Major League Baseball. Getting ready for the uh, the pennant races. The, the races are over, but I mean the American League Championship Series, National League Championship Series, World Series will be going off in a couple of weeks. If you want to catch all our fine programming, go to the bmgnetwork.com. You'll find this show, the Pac-Man Podcast. You'll also find the Ken and Mike Show, the Ken Burns Show, Mic'd Up with Mike Hansen, KC with Set Apart, and Adrian Ross with the Adrian Ross Show. All those shows and so much more. We do columns. There's a column up there I think I put up there this week on the uh, the phrase, uh, the great white hope. Whatever happened to that phrase? Jerry Cooney was the great white hope. Tommy Morrison in the 90s, the great white hope of the heavyweight division. You don't hear that anymore because the last two heavyweight champions have been white. So that's up there, the pack perspective. Check it all out, the bmgnetwork.com, and we'll talk to you real soon. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you real soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.